Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Abused His Excellency and had bragged I meant to be the first to leap upon the walls of Florence with his foes, the exiles. These words, as I afterwards learned, had been put into Vasari's lips by the excellent fellow Ottaviano de Medici, who wanted to revenge himself for the Duke's irritation against him on account of the coinage and my departure from Florence. I, being innocent of the crime falsely ascribed to me, felt no fear whatever. Meanwhile, that able physician Francesco da Montevarchi attended to my cure with great skill. He had been brought by my very dear friend Luca Martini, who passed the larger portion of the day with me. Chapter 87 During this, while I had sent my devoted comrade Felice back to Rome to look after our business there, when I could raise my head a little from the bolster, which was at the end of fifteen days, although I was unable to walk upon my feet, I had myself carried to the place of the Medici and placed upon the little upper terrace. There they seated me to wait until the Duke went by. Many of my friends at court came up to greet me and expressed surprise that I had undergone the inconvenience of being carried in that way. While so shattered by illness, they said that I ought to have waited till I was well, and then to have visited the Duke. A crowd of them collected, all looking at me as a sort of miracle, not merely because they had heard that I was dead, but far more because I had the look of a dead man. Then publicly before them all, I said how some wicked scoundrel had told my lord, the duke, that I had bragged I meant to be the first to scale his excellency's walls, and also that I had abused him personally, wherefore I had not the heart to leave or die till I had purged myself of that infamy, and found out who the audacious rascal was who had uttered such calumnies against me. At these words, a large number of those gentlemen came round, expressing great compassion for me. One said one thing, one another, and I told them I would never go thence before I knew who had accused me. At these words, Maestro Agostino, the Duke's tailor, made his way through all those gentlemen and said, If that's all you want to know, you shall know it 
at this very moment, Giorgio the painter, whom I have mentioned, happened just then to pass, and Maestro Agostino exclaimed, There is the man who accused you. Now you know yourself if it be true or not. As fiercely as I could, not being able to leave my seat, I asked Giorgio if it was true that he had accused me. He denied that it was so, and that he had ever said anything of the sort. Maestro Agostino retorted, You gallows bird, don't you know that I know it for most certain? Giorgio made off as quickly as he could, repeating that he had not accused me. Then after a short while, the duke came by, whereupon I had myself raised up before his excellency, and he halted. I told him that I had come therein that way solely in order to clear my character. The duke gazed at me and marvelled I was still alive. Afterwards, he bade me take heed to be an honest man and regain my health. When I reached home, Niccolò da Monte Aguto came to visit me and told me that I had escaped one of the most dreadful perils in the world. Quite contrary to all his expectations, for he had seen my ruin written with indelible ink. Now I must make haste to get well, and afterwards take French leave, because my jeopardy came from a quarter and a man who was able to destroy me. He then said, Beware, and added, What displeasure have you given to that rascal Ottaviano de Medici? I answered that I had done nothing to displease him, but that he had injured me and told him all the affair about the mint. He repeated, Get hence as quickly as you can, and be of good courage, for you will see your vengeance executed sooner than you expect. I, the best attention to my health, gave Pietro Pagolo advice about stamping the coins, and then went off upon my way to Rome without saying a word to the duke or anybody else. Chapter 88 When I reached Rome and had enjoyed the company of my friends a while, I began the duke's medal. I finished the head in steel, and it was the finest work of the kind which I had ever produced. At least once every day there came to visit me a sort of blockhead named Messer Francesco Soderini. When he saw what I was doing, he used frequently to exclaim, Barbarous wretch! You want them to immortalize that ferocious tyrant? You have never made anything so exquisite, which proves you our inveterate foe and their devoted friend. And yet the Pope and he have had it twice in mind to hang you without any fault of yours. That was the father and the son. Now beware of the Holy Ghost. It was firmly believed that Duke Alessandro was the son of Pope Clement. Messer Francesco used also to say and swear by all his saints that if he could, he would have robbed me of the dyes for that medal. 
I responded that he had done well to tell me so, and that I would take such care of them that he should never see them more. I now sent to Florence to request Lorenzino that he would send me the reverse of the medal. Niccolò da Monteaguto, to whom I had written, wrote back, saying that he had spoken to that mad, melancholy philosopher Lorenzino for it. He had replied that he was thinking night and day of nothing else, and that he would finish it as soon as he was able. Nevertheless, I was not to set my hopes upon his reverse, but I had better invent one out of my own head, and when I had finished it, I might bring it without hesitation to the Duke, for this would be to my advantage. I composed the design of a reverse which seemed to me appropriate and pressed the work forward to my best ability. Not being, however, yet recovered from that terrible illness, I gave myself frequent relaxation by going out on fowling expeditions with my friend Felice. This man had no skill in my art, but since we were perpetually day and night together, Everybody thought he was a first-rate craftsman. This being so, as he was a fellow of much humour, we used often to laugh together about the great credit he had gained. His name was Felice Guadagni Gain, which made him say in jest, I should be called Felice Gain, little, if you had not enabled me to acquire such credit, then I can call myself Gain much. I replied that there are two ways of gaining. The first is that by which one gains for oneself. The second that by which one gains for others. So I praised him much more for the second than the first, since he had gained for me my life. We often held such conversations. But I remember one in particular on the day of Epiphany, when we were together near La Maliana. It was close upon nightfall and during the day I had shot a good number of ducks and geese. Then, as I had almost made my mind up to shoot no more that time, we were returning briskly toward Rome, calling to my dog by his name, Barucco, and not seeing him in front of me, I turned round and noticed that the well-trained animal was pointing at some geese which had settled in a ditch. I therefore dismounted at once, got my fowling piece ready, and at a very long range, brought two of them down with a single ball. I never used to shoot with more than one ball, and was usually able to hit my mark at 200 cubits, which cannot be done by other ways of loading. Of the two geese, one was almost dead, and the other, though badly wounded, was flying lamely. My dog retrieved the one and brought it to me. But noticing that the other was diving down into the ditch, I sprang forward to catch it. Trusting to my boots which came high up the lake, I put one foot forward. It sank in the oozy ground. And so, although I got the goose, the boot of my right leg was full of water. I lifted my foot and let the water run out. Then, when I had mounted, we made haste for Rome. The cold, however, was very great, 
and I felt my leg freeze, so that I said to Felice, We must do something to help this leg, for I don't know how to bear it longer. The good Felice, without a word, leapt from his horse, and gathering some thistles and bits of stick, began to build a fire. I, meanwhile, was waiting and put my hands among the breast feathers of the geese and felt them very warm. So I told him not to make the fire, but filled my boot with the feathers of the goose and was immediately so much comforted that I regained vitality. End of chapters 85 through 88 of the Autobiography of Benvenuto Cellini, Volume 1. Recording by P. Pat. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.